Hey everyone, Michael Antonovich with Swap Moto Live, here for another episode of the Midweek Podcast, presented by Yoshimira R&D. It's been a busy week for Zach Osborne. On Monday, he and wife Brittany welcomed their third child to the family. Then on Thursday, he announced a return to professional racing with the Ampro Yamaha team, a two-year agreement that will put him on the starting line at GNCC and Sprint Enduro events on the East Coast. Everything about off-road suits Osborne. Strategy, physical fitness, and bike time appeal to his competitive side, and this will be put to the test by the hours-long races. While the easy-going atmosphere that comes from everyone hanging out together at the campground is something his wife and kids can enjoy. Although Osborne is a multi-time motocross champion, he and the team know their first year together will be full of learning lessons, and that's why they've decided to race in the XC2 category. A move to XC1 is the plan for 2024, but Osborne says what comes after that is uncertain. He'll be 35 and at a different stage of life when this deal runs out. Thanks to Zach for taking the time to talk and to you for listening to this episode of the Midweek Podcast. This is a work in progress, so feel free to share feedback or tell us what you'd like to hear. Are you looking for more power from your 2023 KTM or Husqvarna? Yoshimira R&D has added RS12 exhausts for the 250 and 354 strokes to their inventory. These pipes and silencers enhance the engine's throttle response, make the most of the low-end to mid-range power, and show more than a 2% gain in max torque and horsepower on the dyno. Japanese titanium, cut and shaped in America, and distributed exclusively by Western Power Sports. Visit Yoshimira-RD.com for more. Uh, Zach, it's good to get a hold of you. It's been a busy week. Uh, you and Brittany added a third one to the rider roster uh, in the group family. So congrats on that. Um, and also congrats on doing it on your guys' terms at the house and everything. You know, you've really made being a dad look really cool, and you've taken on a lot of challenges for it. So just to start off, how's this week been? Yeah, everything's been great. Um, like you said, we had a home birth, so it's been really mellow. Um, just kind of getting to stay at home and spend some time with the family and um, our newest one and just really enjoying it. You know, you guys have done a good job too, even kind of counting down and stacking up as much time with the other two before this one got here. I liked all the little adventures you guys did around Florida. Yeah, definitely. We, we, you know, we're pretty tight knit little clan and um, we, we just felt like, you know, there's going to be some time here over the next couple of weeks where we're not doing schoolwork with the kids and we're not doing, all of our normal, you know, they're they're very, um, let's say, ritualistic or regimented, and they know each day what's going to happen. So, you know, that this is going to throw them off their routine a little bit. So we just try to kind of make it special for them too, and um, let them be a part of all of it, and and really try to um, integrate him into our family as easily and seamlessly as possible. So you're one of the guys that is part of this new generation of racer, racers that's not afraid to have kids. You know, for so long it was like this big stigma, you know, a kid's a half a second a lap or whatever. Um, you really helped kind of change that outlook on things. How is it as a racer to, to do that? You know, because a lot of people know I have a kid now, and so I start to see a lot of the things that you guys have been going through in these last few years, and finally I'm like, aha, I get it. What did yeah. you understand uh, when you started going through it, and what do you see now as a father of three? Yeah, for me, I mean, it, each experience is different. That's one thing. Um, you know, each child is so different and the way that you have to approach it and the way that you see them and the way that they see you, you know, it's all just a, a brand new experience every time. But for us, it was just, I mean, it was just what made sense and um, how we, we always kind of envisioned it 
for ourselves and um we never wanted to like we, we wanted them to fit into our life and get to enjoy those things too you know and now with emory being a little bit older it, there, it was even if i didn't stop with motocross and supercross last year it was time for her to stop traveling because it was starting to be a burden for her and you know she didn't want to go every weekend and she wanted to be at home you know during the week and so that was you know a new experience for us whereas the first four or five years it was like okay you know load up we're going and going wherever and she was like all in but um it started to come to a point where she was like i don't want to fly you know it started to be a, a, a burden to her and that was a bummer to see but now she's super fired up about this because we're going to get a motor home and um drive to the races and you know get to take some adventures and not just be kind of stuck in one race gear that you get stuck in when you're racing supercross and motocross and you have to be back to work on mondays and all those things so this is a really cool opportunity for us you know moving forward um to again integrate the kids and give them experiences that they otherwise wouldn't have had if we weren't going racing and um just be able to make memories and have a good time again I like that. I like that. That makes a lot of sense, uh, especially with the way you guys go about everything. You know, the kids are always a big priority into that. Uh, I'll say the same. You know, I can um, attest to seeing guys go through different things, uh, different points in their careers and kind of understanding like, oh, okay, this is maybe the cause and effect of these results or, or whatever situation they're in. Um, and then, you know, to understand, hey, life changes. Um Understanding that for myself now has been a big deal because for so long I was always like, I'm just going to go to every race forever. And then you start to see like, oh, it does get a little bit different. Um, and you guys go through that and the pressure that comes from training, being expected to perform as well as you guys do, have all the other things you guys have. That's a lot on your plate for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, like it's it's part of our balance like as a home as well, like going racing and getting to travel and do those things. And this year um, with my, my program, it wasn't really like that. It was just sort of me going on the weekends and that was a new, uh, something new for all of us. And, you know, obviously I know that at the end of this two years, I may take, take on one more year or whatever, but after that, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty much over for me, you know, going racing as a professional, like I'm going to be almost 35 by the end of this deal, which is crazy. But, um, you know, for us, it's a little bit finding what's next after that and still being able to travel together and just kind of find a rhythm, um, outside of life. We, we never really felt like we found that or outside of racing in life, outside of racing. Sorry. Um, we never really felt, felt like we kind of tapped that this year just because I was going so much. We didn't really know what we were doing. There was different races, different programs all over all the time. And, um, we were just kind of all over the place. So this gives us like a, you know, a nice transition to be able to still race and do it at a high level on good equipment and with good people. But at the same time, you know, almost a little bit of a transitionary period, um, out of like that, that, like I said, everyday supercross motocross grind where you have to be there seven days a week turned on at all times, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. In the press release, you had even said this opportunity had kind of really started ruminating in 2007. So 15, 16 years later, here you are. What really made this come together? You know, you did a GNCC at one point this year. You've been around the pits. Everybody knows you want to keep racing. So how did this come to be with Yamaha? Yeah, well, I mean, in 2007, it wasn't really... It was like a joke, probably, yeah. On my side, like, they just, they were like, yeah, maybe we can do something. Like, I, uh, I didn't have anything like I, I had bought a Yamaha I was hoping to get on Yamaha Troy and 
I was also like, maybe I can go woods racing, like anything to continue racing, making money was basically what I was looking for. And, um, with the economic crisis and everything that was pending at that point, like it just didn't make sense in the end for them. So they didn't have anything for me. But, um, I rem- actually reminded Randy of that the other day, like, Hey, do you remember in 2007 we were talking and he was like, kind of somebody mentioned that the other day. And, um, but he really didn't have as, nearly as much of a recollection of it as I did. Um, but actually Ziggy, um, from factory connection is the one who kind of made the connection between Randy and I, and he had known, you know, since I was up there, um, in April or May or whatever it was doing some testing that I still had, uh, you know, some fire to go racing. And, um, I think some things opened up on Randy's side with some people leaving and coming and going. And, um, it just made sense for me to give him a call and I did. And, um, yeah, it just kind of blossomed. So why uh, XC2? I think so many people expected you, you know, this 250 guy that's been everywhere, 450 outdoor champion, just jump right into the big leagues of it. But XC2 is going to bring its own challenges. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a beginner, right? Like that's like asking Stu or Ben to go race Supercross in the 450 class. So um, these guys know these tracks. They know these these places. They know the dirt. They know the scenarios. They know race strategy. You know, I'm starting from ground zero, basically, um, just with a team of guys around me who have a good understanding of it. So I'm going to have to really lean into them. I'm using this year um, to learn, and then you know, obviously next year I'll be an XC1. So it's a it's going to have to be a quick curve, and I'm going to have to um, hit the ground running. That's a very important point that I think a lot of people, especially motocross people, aren't going to realize. The awareness of these tracks that are pretty much the same. I mean, they go to the same locations year after year, but the little tips and tricks and, oh, that that's going to be a muddy area or this is that in the woods. Like, you, They do have a big advantage over you. Uh, after riding those courses for myself, yeah, they do have a big advantage. Yeah, it's not even only that. It's like knowing the properties and knowing how to get back to the pits in the event that something happened, knowing where you're at on the property, learning, you know, the trails and and there's there's a lot to it. You know, it's racing at a high level, the highest level for a reason, right? Like that's professional off-road racing at its at its peak other than maybe Dakar in my opinion. But um f- for me, it's just going to be learning all those little tips and tricks like you said and you know, I've been on the podium in XC2 quite a few times before, but at the same time, the sport GNCC racing has moved on a ton since then. And, you know, I'm realistic and knowing that I'm not just going to get in the class and destroy the boys like they're, they're racing every weekend for the last, you know, five or six years, most of them in this class. And, um, the, they're, they're no joke. So it's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to just, drop down to XC2 and win that and then just move up to XC1 and win that too. Like that's, that's not what I'm, you know, where I'm at mentally. I'm mentally like, Hey, I need to learn. I need to do good. I need to grind out some results and see where it takes me. And you know, there's another big step coming right up after this one. That's a very good outlook. Uh, because yeah, exactly. Like you said, these are the same kids that have been coming to these races forever. You know, even baby back as mini bike riders. Yeah. And, uh, the XC2 talent is good because it's a young, really diverse set of people. There's, you know, South Americans that are coming into this thing now. It's it's not a joke. It's not just some, like, support class. It's it's fast. No, it's not at all. Um, I mean, like, Lyndon, the guy who won this year, Lyndon Stonegrass, he was, uh, he was close to winning a couple of overalls, which is, like, you know, winning the 450 class as well. And th- that speaks volumes of him. You know, I think that those guys are all in tip-top shape. You know, the, the professionalism of it 
the whole paddock has come up so much since I was doing them in like 2013, 2014. So it's cool to see that progression, you know, in, in a rather short amount of time to from, you know, most guys and sprinters and box fans and one or two semis to a bunch of semis and, you know, a bunch of high level programs that are going racing every weekend. Mm-hmm. So then you're also signed up for some select sprint enduros uh, for people that don't know what's really the big difference between those, because you've done almost every discipline of off-road at this point now, huh? Yeah, I've done most things. Um, so sprint enduro is like a time test. Um, I, I'm not totally familiar with the U.S. sprint enduro format, but I believe it's two different tests and enduro tests and a cross test, which will be obviously enduro test is like more wooded, more, you know, rocks and stuff. And then the cross test is like grass track or sometimes some motocross or whatever. And you're timed on those tests um, three times each. So six tests a day and then a cumulative score over the two days and the, the best time wins, uh, total time wins. So that's uh, going to be something new. I've done that format in Europe racing at six days and um, it's something that I really enjoy. So I'm looking forward to some sprints. I really um, really think that's going to be good going into the season. I think I have three sprints before the first GNCC, which will kind of break me in, give me some good, good feedback and good knowledge on my bike and just kind of open me up to, to racing again. You know, I've been racing quite a bit this year. I think I raced 15 or 16 times and, um, it was good, but there's nothing like really racing with that race pressure and, um, having some, some knowledge from that will be key to my season. I think. You know, dude, really thinking about what you're going to do uh, this coming next two years, you know, endurance races, which you love. I mean, you're just a glutton for pain. But then the math <laughs> and the strategy that you really nerd out about, too, this is like right up your alley. Yeah, it really is. And that's that was a huge part of, I mean, um, I think I said this in, in another interview, but like when I took my Husky deal in 2015, leaving Geico, um, my wife and I had kind of discussed like you know i'll do do these two years of motocross and supercross if it works out cool if not no big deal you know they have a great off-road program we'll go off-road racing and you know she can go back to work as a nurse and i can you know we'll go racing on the weekends and that was kind of our plan and then obviously 16 turned into 17 and 17 turned into 18 and here we are you know um things went differently god had a different plan for us but um, this has always been something that's been on my list and something that I've wanted to do and, um, something that I felt I could excel at. I enjoy riding in the woods and, you know, I still love to ride motocross if the setting is right. You know, if the track's super rough and it's hot as crap, that's, that's when I want to go ride motocross, but I really just don't have any, any major desire to go and ride a smooth track and throw whips or whatever. I'm not a very good whipper. Right. So, so like the woods racing thing has been a good change for me because when I ride motocross, I know what it's supposed to feel like when you're in shape, you know, your bike's perfect. Everything's working it just the way it should be. I know how that feels and I know it pretty fresh, right? Like within the last year and a half. So for me, when I go riding in the woods, it's like, I'm always learning something new. I can start to find different things. And it's just like a whole different look at, at dirt bike racing for me at this point in my life. And, um, that's something I've, I've been stoked about and I've just really been having a good time riding my dirt bike. So then, um, Again, as, as so many people have said in the industry, uh, you have to go see a GNCC for yourself, and you've done quite a few of them. For people that don't know that have never gone to one, what is that attitude or what's that environment like on the weekend? Motorhomes, as far as you can see, 
And I think the biggest thing that it really comes from it, so many people that pay to really abuse their bikes and then go right to the dealership again on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and then buy parts to do it again the next time that the series comes through. I mean, that's it's the core fan that really appeals to me in that series. It is the core fan. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to go to a GNCC and wonder why, like, those guys aren't on the pay level of of motocross and supercross guys because there's so many people and so many bikes and just i mean obviously i know that the exposure for supercross is crazy but like the grassroots exposure for for gncc is untouched in my opinion on the motocross side of things so for me it's just a it's such a cool thing to see so many people like you know i grew up in motocross obviously and i grew up in that like you know secret training all this stuff and and in gncc it's very much more open and loose and like just people talk to each other and it's um a much more fun laid back atmosphere and i can see how people get drawn to that compared to going the motocross route you know their their races a timed you know they're going to get way more riding time and b it's at a set time on the weekend so like they it's it's a much more easy plan you know you go to a motocross race and there's like 50 motos and you're this moto and it's five laps and then you wait blah 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 so um, to me, the the format of off-road racing is kind of where the appeal is right now for people coming across from motocross. You know, you would never be a guy to say like, yeah, I'm going to put the weight of this on my back and, and try to draw in all these motocross or supercross fans to off-road. But I'm sure there's a piece of you that does want to know, hey, maybe there are going to be some people that are going to be more interested in this series because a moto guy is going over to it. Maybe they get they get more interested in it. They come to Ironman or they come to, you know, the Pinton GNCC or whatever when it comes through. Yeah, I, I believe that's possible to bring some people over and to bring some fans over. You know, I, I know, like, just from my relationships in, in motocross and supercross, like, um, I was talking to Chase the other day, and he was like, man, I really want to do Ironman. And I'm like, no, you don't really want to do three hours in the middle of your three weeks of off season. <laughs> like, but I get it, you know, so there is some some desire there from people that are good riders that want to go and race GNCCs and stuff. So, you know, if I can do well and everything goes great over these two years, I would love to see some more people follow after me, whether it's, you know, at a high level or not. Like if they want to go factory racing or if they want to go grassroots with their kids on, on a Saturday, that's, that's okay too. Um, I mean, for me, it's just, it's just a, so such a much more laid back fun side of things. Right. So you know, we've, all of us motocross guys have experienced this like amateur motocross grind and all that stuff our whole lives. And then you go to one woods race and you're like, man, this is how fun dirt bike racing actually can be. You know, I'm not taking a dump on motocross by any means. I don't want you to think that, but at the same time, like this, you know, the, the woods crowd is just different. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. And, and I don't think anybody would think that you would, you know, imply that at all. I see yeah. you getting fully into it too, like doing the mountain bike races, the e-bike race on Friday night, cooking out. I mean, the whole thing you're in. Yeah. I mean, that's the plan, right? Like we just want to integrate into the community and, um, and just have fun racing. That's the main thing. Like, like I said, we're going to get a motor home and, and do it right and, um, be professional, but also enjoy it. So you know, as you even mentioned, uh, as this deal came together, when you talked to Ziggy at Factory Connection, you know, everybody knows you've been wanting to race. And I'm sure that there have been some other opportunities, maybe a motocross deal that's out there, World Supercross, something else. How close have you gotten to pulling the trigger on making something happen? And what was it about this situation where you're like, this is the one, this is the one that I know I have to do because it's not going to get much better than this? 
Um, yeah, I mean, th there were some big opportunities last year whenever I felt like my back was close to good, but I was afraid to get someone in a, in a pickle, um, you know, with fill-in rides or whatever. Um, but, and also, you know, with the World Supercross thing, but I just, I just, you know, Supercross is such a fine line to do it and do it right, and I don't want to do it and do it halfway. So, it just, it just, in the end, it didn't quite make sense for me to go that route. And, and this seems like, first of all, like the, the G load for my, my back mainly, um, is not nearly as high when it comes to off-road riding. You do a lot of standing, there's no seat bouncing, you know, nothing like that. So I don't really, I don't have any concerns about my back, but definitely this is a much easier route. Yeah. The duration is a lot more, but I just, the, the actual load is, isn't quite as much. Um, number two, this was an easy way for my family to still be able to go for us to have a really good time. Um, the schedule is, it starts at the end of January, go to the middle of June, and then I don't have another race until the middle of September. So we have all of, all of June, August, June, July, August, and half of September off. So, you know, it's a really cool schedule, basically do 17 rounds in the beginning of the year. And then, um, three rounds at the end and I'm done, you know? So it's, it's kind of like a, a big, it's a huge opportunity for me to go racing a, to, to sum up or answer your question. Um, B it's a lot less of a, a lot less strenuous of a schedule in terms of travel and time away from home and things of that nature, um, than motocross and supercross. And also I just felt like, um, GNCC was kind of the spot for me. It's something I've always wanted to do, like I said, and I just felt, felt led to be here. All right. So then you said two year deal, uh, XC two this year, XC one next year. And then it kind of does get open after that because you hit that middle thirties point of what you want to do. But, uh, I think of something that you and I talked about back when you got your trans world cover for the Husky shoot years and years ago at your house. And you're like, I saw a KTM to car bike when I went to Madagoffin and, and, just ever since that point, I've thought about that. So are you still open to exploring something that big or is seeing Shorty and Sam Sunderland and Toby Price and all these guys and what it takes to get to that point? Is that, do you think that's an option or is that almost too much of a dream right now? I don't know. I'm getting older. You know, I think I needed to start that like the day that I quit racing motocross and that, that wasn't really an opportunity. Um, I've spoken to some teams last year about it. Um, big, you know, sizable teams that are plenty good enough to win um but it just man it's it's just maybe one of those things that i can watch like nascar and be like man that that's a cool sport you know mm -hmm. um i'm not sure that i'm in a position just with with life and family and everything um to start over that heavy like you know gncc is starting over a little bit but that's that's starting over in the deep end and i'm playing in, in the kitty end i guess you would say in terms of difference of what i'm used to and all that stuff and things to learn and et cetera et cetera um so for me i think that that dream may be dead I, i'm super grateful to my wife for allowing me to take this opportunity you know um neither one of us really felt like we got the closure or um like just kind of we're done i guess you would say so i'm grateful to her for you know we have a brand new three-day-old baby two kids that are homeschooled and now i decide i want to take this job for two years and and she's been all in on board since i mentioned it you know so for me it was it's a huge part uh, you know for 
the next chapters for them, you know, and, and this part of this one is too. Um, but I think it's a lot to ask of them to start over again at 35 and go to the middle of the desert and go wide open. Yeah. Yeah. I, even when Shorty started doing that, the fear level that I had, like every morning I would wake up and like, okay, is Andrew okay? You know, and <laughs> what, what Jackie and Emma and Hudson went through for Andrew to be gone as much as he did just to learn road books and learn what it takes to go to these places. It's, it's a big ask, you know. Right, but yeah, that's that's it's a totally a, it's unreal. deal. I can I can ride GNCC style trails 30 minutes from my house, you know what I mean? And to 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 go and do Dakar, right, which I'm not going to do it halfway like I said earlier, but also like, you know, just knowing those things and having those days where you're out there for 12 or 15 hours, that's those are huge, huge days, huge ask for your family, huge ask of everyone. Plus, you know, just the risk and the travel time to get to a desert. Well, I mean, the nearest desert to me is freaking Nevada, right? Like I live in Florida. So that's just a, a whole nother level of different um, that I don't think I am going to have left in me um, after this, this uh, tenure in G- GNCC. Okay. So then back to the GNCC thing and great. That was a great answer. I could talk to you about Dakar forever, especially as it comes <laughs> up at the end of the month. Like people really, I know, I can't wait. Dude. I can't wait. Pay attention to it because they are gonna be ripping this year. It's an all time. I know. It's all time. Um, I know. So you said you can, you know, ride GNCC trails, style trails, thirty five minutes from the house, and it's just the endless sand rollers and the tree roots that are under there and all that. How accessible is it in Florida? Because we know it's such a motocross hub. But then, you know, Caleb Russell was down at Alden's place for years doing laps, and, and it's got that same little community. So this isn't going to be a huge stretch for you, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, for me, uh, obviously I have Kroom, which is 30 minutes away. It's it's a very well-known um, state park that has a huge trail, trail riding area and um, a big sand pit that you can just kind of make your own track. So that's that's super handy. Um, I'm going to continue with training Jack Chambers and helping him. And he has a, a nice little facility going at the moment um, with an outdoor track. And we're, we're starting to make some trails there. So that's that's pretty clutch. Um, and then there's just some local guys that have trails around my house here that are pretty easy to get to. So it's, you know, it's the same as going riding motocross or maybe even easier for me um, at the moment. Uh, I have a practice mechanic. I'm, you know, I've, I've put all the pieces in place to do it in the most let's say motocross way I know how which is I feel like the most professional way I can do it and um and and make like a proper effort at giving myself the best opportunity and in turn you know the team and everybody that's in place um so it's really a pretty easy setup to get some get some riding in and you have a pretty good amount of time, too. You'll have these next few weeks to shake down the bike and learn a lot about the YZ250FX and then hit January, start the boot camp, first races in Florida this year, right? Or it's nearby. It's at least like three hours away. Um, so you'll have a lot of time to just kind of get into this new routine and learn the new challenges and the new methods that you got to go through. Yeah, um, I, I've i already started riding the bike and I'm in a good spot. I've been riding for a couple weeks now and, you know, I never really stopped riding over the over the summer, I took a couple of like six week breaks to see if I could really like shake the, Hey, I want to race bug. Um, and I couldn't. And then when I started riding again, I was like, why'd you stop riding? That was dumb. <laughs> so, um, for me, you know, uh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought completely. Um, it happens to me all the time. What, well, what was your question? Like 
this is going to be fun just to learn yeah, the yeah, bike, yeah. Sorry, learn sorry, the sorry, methods, sorry. learn that kind of stuff. Like that's <laughs> yes. your, that's your whole beat is just how do you get better at it? Yeah, exactly. So sorry, I blanked out there. Um, yeah, for me, it's just how, how good can I do or how, how good can I be? I'm going to give it my all put up, put up, you know, a proper effort into it, like I said, and just put myself in good positions and, um, try to, you know, try to bring not in a, in a bad way, but try to drink, bring a motocross level of professionalism to the GNCC side of things. Yeah. I could see how you, uh, especially with the way you and Brittany just approach everything, how much you guys cook, all the stuff that you guys make and all that. This doesn't seem like the chicken and steamed rice and broccoli diet that moto had to have like you need to be doing a lot of different stuff that i think is going to make you happier because you get to really explore that stuff rather than cutting off big chunks of your life as a sacrifice yeah exactly that's that's another piece of you know one of the questions you asked me earlier about just kind of why this one made sense and it's you know it's just a different life and um a different vibe altogether i feel like than than motocross and supercross where like i said you know everything's measured your sleep your poop your intake like everything's measured right so um for me this is just like a a breath of fresh air on not how loose you can be but how just different it is i guess you would say i mean i i'm stoked to experience it you know i have uh we have a pretty big test coming up that's a week-long test in south carolina um, up at Randy's place in two weeks. And I think that'll be a really good start for me. And then after that, I'll start riding the, the 250 more. Um, and yeah, like you said, kind of a training camp starts in January and getting things kind of squared away for the series. So, you know, we know you've watched all forms of motorcycle riding and, uh, I'm sure as more people get interested in off-road as time goes on, who are some guys that you look at and you're like, man, that guy's he's sick. Like he's got the skill or he can do this or that. You know, I can think of a few people that I follow like Manny Litton Bickler, uh, Graham Jarvis, you know, Billy Bolt, all the standard guys that make like Euro super enduro stuff stand out. And then we know the guys in the U S that have made so many people fans, Lyndon, all of that. So who do you think that people really need to pay attention to that could, uh, be quick moto fans, man. Um, Billy Bolt, like bike skills wise has to be one of the best ever. Um, Toby price. I uh, think he's one of the most underrated, like all around riders ever. I think he's kind of almost unfortunately known as a Dakar rider, but he's so good at motocross riding and motorcycle riding in general. Like I feel like he doesn't even get the credit that he deserves. Um, and I mean, the GNCC guys are gnarly for a different way, right? Like three hours is no joke. And, Everyone knows that. Uh, I went out and did that works race at Mesquite, and like the speed that those guys are going down some of those straightaways was scary. And they're like, "Oh, this isn't even a, this isn't even a fast one." I'm like, I, "I don't really care what it is or isn't. It's freaking scary. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous." So, um, I mean, everybody's gnarly in their own way, but like for me, when Billy posts a video or Toby's doing something, I'm I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I agree. There's some some of those guys, like especially with Manny, all the stuff that you see him get into and the events that they they ride at just and and the way they appreciate where they're riding at rather than just being so confined in it they understand like hey we're out in nature and isn't this beautiful and look where our bikes take us to yeah exactly i think that's another thing about off-road is like you kind of have the the time or the wherewithal to slow down a little bit and enjoy that you know we've been a lot i've been a ton of places in my life but i've been to motocross tracks in those places um that's one of the things i wish i had done more 
or maybe could have afforded to do more was when I was in Europe, just, Hey, like take a three hour detour, you know, it's not really that important. Like just do, do something else for a day and see a site or, you know, say you've been there or whatever. So, um, with this, like I said, we plan to get a motorhome and, um, drive to the races so we can stop and see some things. We've already got a couple of, uh, points on the map that Emory's super interested in going to, um, the arc experience in, um, I think it's in like Western Kentucky. Um, there's a couple of beach trips we want to do and, um, snowshoe. We're all looking forward to that one cause it's on a mountaintop and there's a cool, um, satellite over there, uh, in at green bank. Um, just some, some different things for the kids too. You know, we can, all kind of take that in and take in nature too. A lot of places you've probably been around your whole life too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I saw the sprint schedule earlier there and I think there was three races in Virginia there and one of them um, is literally like three minutes from my dad's house and the farm I grew up on. So um, super cool for me. Cool. All right, last question. And this will be, a I know, a very good Zach answer because I, I know how you think. You've told me enough <laughs> over the years. Where will your mind wander to in three hours? Uh, man, I don't know. It's that third hour. You learn a lot about yourself and <laughs> and some dark places, I think. Right. But, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I love, um, so my wife obviously had a, a completely natural birth and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like she never got loud. She never cried. She, was just completely calm and like rhythmic breathing through the whole thing. And I was just like, holy, holy crap, this is really gnarly. And then we were talking about it last night and she was like, I was just like in this zone. And I was like, yes, like you've now felt like the thing that I talk about all the time, like that Vegas supercross feeling where there's nothing else in your brain. Like that's, it's like the ultimate peaceful spot. I mean, obviously that's where I hope I can get to. And, and I think that that's when your best self and like, you know, the, the easy things pour out of you, the things that you've trained to do pour out of you. So, um, for me, I, I really hope that I can just kind of enjoy the moment and be fully engaged in the racing and, um, put on a good show. That was the most Zach answer possible. I, I love it. That was sick. That was sick. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, cause I like you and I have talked so many times over the years and, uh, really, um, you're one of the guys that have helped me understand, the attitude of being a racer, like, you know, you can watch this stuff forever, but until you have someone that's in the moment, break it down for you and tell you the things that they're going through and every guy's different. Um, you don't see the beauty of, of racing and all the little complexities that come with it. And you're one of the guys that can really convey that stuff. So I appreciate this time that you had with me today. Uh, I'm excited to see you get after it. I'm going to have to come to a GNCC now and watch your ride. Heck yeah, dude. Um, the Florida one's right after Daytona, so that'd be really easy. Okay, I'll try. Uh, that's one that I've always uh, been very interested in, too, ever since I read about uh, just the endless whoops and how the the roots come through and they just rip your hands apart because everybody's hands are all soft from the start of the year. Yeah, yeah I could, should I could be totally, really fun, right? Yeah, I can definitely make my hands like just raw hamburger meat for that first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it, bud. Thanks.